The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. Welcome along, episode 194 of The Boys of Tech for Monday the 3rd of December 2012. My name is Edwin Herman, I'm coming to you live from Wellington and also back in Wellington after a week in Australia, I'm joined by Brett King. Welcome to the show Brett. Hello. Uh, so you're back from Australia, You had a, uh, was it a week there? Yep, yep, very hot week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Adelaide, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was the name of our previous episode, by the way, which you, you may or may not have noticed. I guess you're a bit busy. Anyway, so it's, it's good to have you back. And look, I tell you what, there are five stories I've got lined up for this week's episode. The first of which, I don't know how you feel about this, but there's a, a US startup by the name of Defense Distributed. And it's a company which wants to extend the US Second Amendment rights to the entire world. And one of the ways in which they're uh, sort of reflecting that, if you like, or reflecting their attempt at that, is that they're going to share 3D printable firearms for free over the internet. <laughs> oh, my God. So mm. uh, where, where to begin on just how stupid that is? That's what I was thinking. Where to begin? Is this responsible? Where to begin on just Hatton? It is the most irresponsible, idiotic, stupid, moronic, dumb thing you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. You've, you've said it well. At this point in time. <laughs> it is so ridiculous. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They... Oh, uh-huh. Whoever is behind this obviously has some mental deficiencies to think that that would work in countries where there is strict gun control and gun ownership laws. Because they're not even talking about producing good guns. We're talking about their going. Their plans are for one-shot guns. One-shot plastic guns that all you need is a bullet for. So if you you know, want to get through your x-ray scanners and, and get into your parliament building so you can shoot somebody important. Uh, these are the people to get your get your weapon from with your 3D printer. Oh, my God, are they moronic? I cannot believe how stupid these people are. And it irks me so royally that they exist on the same planet as me. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I actually really totally agree with you. I'm just laughing at the, the passion in your voice there because I'm right there with you, Brett, on this one. I really am. I think this is one of the oh most irresponsible God. Like, things yes, that they can do. You, you, wait, wait, you get yourself a nice 3D printer so that your kids can do cool 3D projects and stuff only to discover that your 12-year-old son has downloaded a 3D gun image and has printed it on the printer and grabbed one of your bullets that he's managed to sneak out of your hunting cabinet and then shot somebody you didn't like at school. Of course, they would argue that guns don't kill people, people kill How people. How stupid and irresponsible do you have to be to think this is a good idea? Yeah, I'm with you. <sighs> I am so with you on this, Brett. And we are in the same boat here. How they think they can get it. It's like one of the things they're talking about in their thing is, you know, America has relatively relaxed gun laws that allow people to easily, you know, far easier than most other countries, get licenses for semi-automatic weapons, for instance. And they're talking about one of the most popular semi-automatic weapons, the AR-15, in America, which you can get a civilian semi-automatic version of this firearm. However, you can convert it to being a non-civilian version. And they are talking about providing the plan for free to print the illegal part of that weapon so that you can print that illegal part, then buy the legal parts for the civilian version and put together an illegal firearm. 
in America, and they're thinking that's going to be, they're not going to get done for that. Well, you know what, what amazes that's, me, that's right? But it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Okay. So well, stupid. Well, what I don't get is this. A man in New Zealand allegedly assists in the dissemination of copyright information and his house is raided by armed police. These guys want to yeah. effectively These put guns in the hands of everyone. basically put guns into the hands of children and people yeah. who would never get a legal gun license. And they want to, yeah, they want to do that. And they have not been raided and put in jail or more, if, more precisely put into some kind of institution. <laughs> you do got to wonder. Because these people are obviously not sane. Yeah, you do got to wonder. They have not thought about the implications of this. They want it to be able to be used on uh, entry-level 3D printers, things that people would have in their houses with children. And you're not going to think teenage kids who who play war in the background with sticks and with with plastic ray guns aren't going to go awesome and and print that Let's out try one. and then yeah. decide yeah. to decide to you know sneak some bullets from the next hunting trip with dad. See, look, I can understand that you know everyone's got different uh, beliefs, and I can understand that they they hold the belief that they think guns should be freely available. They can hold that belief. But I think what they should be doing, if anything, and I can understand if they were to lobby governments, and it could be other governments, not just the American government, but other governments to relax laws, that's fine. I mean, lobbying is, is okay, you know, it creates debate. Indeed, but to do what they're doing... But it's entirely it, different. <laughs> that's not, this is not the right uh, Yeah, that's an entirely different thing approach. to this. This, hmm. this what doing is, is more like scrapping TNT to your and blowing up a bus. That is this level. This is terrorism. That is what this is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how far this goes because at the moment they haven't done it yet. But if they do, you know, what? I'm going to be watching that space all right. This this will be... They've, called, they've given it a name, the Wiki Weapon Project. Mm. Mm. And they've come up with two blueprints for plastic firearms. Of course, plastic firearms... Uh, have their limitations, and of course, you have to design in in a specific way that uh, you know that the the the, the firearm is, is designed it's well not enough blow to up in your hand and kill exactly yourself. because it's plastic. And uh, well, one of the things they want to do also is make sure uh, once they've you know tested what they've tested is that they they do so also on less expensive three D printers as well. So they want to make sure it it works for pretty much anyone with a three D printer. So I think this is completely irresponsible, in my opinion. You obviously have the same opinion, and you articulated that so well. <laughs> and that's why I was laughing, because you you said exactly what I was thinking uh, in a very passionate way. So I, I don't know where this is going to go, Brett. I have absolutely no idea. But uh, I kind of look at Kim.com, and, and, and I look at – and even if he is guilty of what he's doing. What difference to arms, arms uh, trafficking in arms? I mean, this is the thing. I mean, you, you try and tell someone who's who's lost their son or their daughter in a firearm-related incident that this is okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean... You yeah. try telling some any reasonable, mentally stable, mentally fit... Oh, God, God I'm, I'm actually being derogatory to people with who are insane by classing this person or all these people <laughs> in with the same group as people who are, you know, suffering from some form of mental delusion to think that this is okay. I hear what you're saying. They're entitled, to, they're entitled to their beliefs and in, in how, on what, you know, how laws should be in various countries, including their own. And that's totally fine. I, th I think, uh, and I think you're in agreement with that too. We're all entitled to our own beliefs, however crazy or far-fetched they may seem. Indeed, as long as they do not impinge on anybody else. Exactly. And the, and the right way to influence your thoughts and your beliefs, is, if you like, is to lobby. And there's nothing wrong with lobbying because lobbying, as I said before, simply raises yeah. awareness, creates debate, and at the end of the day, it may even create a people vote. People can ignore it if they want to. Exactly. And it may change if other people actually agree with you. That's exactly right. That's the correct. Or enough sane people actually agree with you. That's right. And that is the, the correct process. What they're doing is obviously completely Terrorism. irresponsible. Yeah, well, 
yeah, you, you'd expect it to be, especially with what, what goes on now. I mean, everyone's a terrorist these days ever since 9-11. So you, oh, you'd expect all this, this can to do be is incite it, terror. Imagine well, yeah, you, imagine as a, you as a parent knowing that these people are attempting to distribute arms to everybody around you. The but, ability but you, to create you know, weapons to kill. They will wash the their hands, hands of other children. They will wash their hands of this and said, we didn't force anyone to print this. It should be up to the parents to make sure they, they, they know what their children are printing on a 3D printer. That will be their answer. Yes, the, because they watch their own children 24 hours a day. Yeah, or actually, no, look, no, I, they've probably yeah. got their children locked up in a basement, for all I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, it's, look. I, 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 sometimes <laughs> you, you read something that just makes you go, how can they actually exist in this world? How is that possible? <laughs> all right, I'll tell, I'll tell you what. Well, let's leave the story there because a lot of it is, is somewhat uh, political. But, you know, as a tech story, it's interesting because this can be done. And this is, this is, I guess, the technological side of it. You know, people well, can put... A, a lot of this stuff is, is the, the... We're in a, a rapidly progressing technolog technological track. We are. And we do a lot of things because we can without actually taking a step back to think about whether or not we should and what are the other implications for the things that we're doing. What other possible uses negative could come from what we're attempting to do? And there are so many for so many of the things that are, are coming along. Unintended, unthought about consequences, such as, you know, easy 3D printing. 3D printing is like, we've all been cheering for 3D printing. Be able to rapidly prototype, produce all kinds of things. It's going to have great benefits. And then you have some people who think, whoa, we can make, we could print weapons. We could print weapons that are plastic, undetectable by most modern scanners and sensors. And boom, you, you've suddenly created another big problem as well as a, you know, big solution to other things. Yeah, and I think in this case, the, the, the big thing really comes down to the, the availability. I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a device that could, in theory, print a gun, but it's another to go and offer for download pretty much a one-click option to produce a gun. Yeah, but, indeed. You know, indeed. It's, it's a fine line, but Just, there, there is a line there. Yes, yes. So, and, and that is the point of that is the point of it. You've got to have you've got to have certain steps in place to to prevent that sort of thing. Because right now, either of us could go out and make a firearm. Yeah, we but could. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of specialized machinery to actually create a working firearm. That's right, and but it can't be or it can't be naively done either. You have to know yeah, what yeah. you're doing. You can't be yeah, a child yeah. right now. A child can't accidentally make a gun. No, they you can't. Know, or, or without, or na naively making a gun. Whereas exactly. when this is available for download, oh, try this. What what is this? Download, click, okay, print. Wait for a bit, and oh, wow, what have I got yeah. here? You know that that's naivety. What have I got here? Put a bullet in it, boom. Mm. And that's naivety, <laughs> and, and and of course that's dangerous in in the wrong hands. Exactly. All right, Brett, we'll leave that story. We'll move on and talk about the fact that it could be possibly the case that the future of motherboards will include non-replaceable CPUs. Sold it on. What do you think? Is it, is, it, is it okay? Is it okay to say we no longer need to upgrade CPUs? It's, it's no, oh. well, at least it's no longer a mess thing, put it that way. Is it, is oh, it okay to say? It's... Uh, See, I'm a I'm a hobbyist. I, I I build my PCs. I have never bought a pre-made PC. Never. I have always built my PCs because I have always wanted to have the exact choice over what components go into it. And I like that. I like being able to fine-tune it. I also like to be able to know that I can relatively cheaply swap out a piece for something else without having to replace the whole package. But how often do you really do that? I, mean, do. I can understand building your own computer. I can understand that. But swapping out just the CPU at a later stage and leaving the motherboard and stuff intact, do you do that anymore? We've got so much power in CPUs. If you're going to put a, a new CPU in, typically you'd be putting a new motherboard in. 
Would you would you agree if with If you've that? got a if you've These got a days? good a good cycle. The last motherboard I bought was I upgraded because the CPU blew in my previous computer. So I needed a new CPU. And the motherboard was fine? Motherboard was fine. It was just something went wrong with the CPU. It was the only part that kept failing. See, I think it's one of these things that's going to be a little hard to undo. Uh, you know, a lot of things... I think it got a little cooked with overclocking. Ah, well, there you go. But, uh, you yeah, know, look, I mean, it's it's a fair fair point you raise. The thing is, you know, it's hard to go back now because we've had it. We've had this situation where you can assemble a computer with whatever bits you want. And just specifically the CPU and motherboard, for example, you can pick a motherboard and pick a CPU to match and away you go. It's, it's, we're, we're used to that now. We're used to that, and, and it's hard exactly. to go back. But if you think about it, if you it, this parallel doesn't really exist in too many other things. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. You're quite right. It, it doesn't exist in too many other things uh, except you know, automobiles, motorcycles. Yeah, all of those, those sorts of things yeah. have parts where you can take the bits off and replace them with other parts. Um, given the vast majority of people wouldn't. But there is always a a set of enthusiasts in, in in automobiles, motorcycles, computers, same deal, who like to be able to replace bits to make to get the most tailored experience, the most power, the most whatever out of their device. So you will have car enthusiasts who remove factory installed components of the engine and replace them with aftermarket pieces that will improve the performance because you know the generic car is made for efficiency stability and overall you know comfort usability Mm -hmm. yeah whereas a a performance enthusiast will go in and, and make their car the fastest it can possibly be or the best grippy cornering car it can possibly be and they like to be able to do that and performance computer enthusiasts like to be able to do the exact same thing. And there are so many motherboards, et cetera, that you can buy with the specific purpose of being able to finely tune the RAM, finely tune the CPU that you install in that computer. To strip all of that away, to have when you buy a PC, it has everything integrated. You're going to be spending more money every time anything goes wrong because you will have to replace it all. It's going to be a bigger issue for recycling because you're going to have to recycle the whole thing that instead is, of that just is true, part. Yeah. Yep. More waste. It's it's hard to say. For the vast majority of people, when they upgrade a computer, they upgrade their computer. They toss out the old one and they buy a new one. I, I, I think that yeah, you're starting to walk a fine line there from. As you said, going from a situation where you have anything you want, basically, down to a simplified, this is what you get. And taking away, taking away features is far harder than providing features. Yeah, totally. Look, you know, I think swapping parts, and again, just keeping this to CPU at this point, because this is... The, that's the context of, of the story. It's the CPU and motherboard combination that the story is about. So I, I think swapping out the CPU for, for a new CPU on the same motherboard was mo- once more mainstream than it is now. And I think a lot of that was to do with the fact that, you know, we could easily consume the entire power of the computer you know, the, the the CPUs were struggling to keep up. So as soon as the, you know, yeah. going back to the Pentium, you know, as soon as the Pentium came out, uh, Pentium 75, and then there was a Pentium 90, you know, you'd, yeah. you'd get rid of your 75, put the 90 in. And, exactly, and, and because so the CPU technology advanced far more rapidly than the, the motherboard chipset technology. That's right. But right so now, but now we've got so much those. power, you know, and, and th- aside from the enthusiasts, and I agree with you, the enthusiasts will always want this, but the rest of... The, the population, there's very little need to be able to swap mm. out a, a CPU. Um, but think in in regards to surfacing as well. Yeah, With but, it yeah, being you know, the thing component is, switchable, you know, the thing even, is, if the, I, I even if the consumer doesn't swap it out, having it easily removable and easily swap outable by a service technician 
Yeah, but you know what? It's much T- better TVs than having gone... to unsolder and resolder. Yeah, but TVs have gone the same way. Remember, there used to be TV servicemen. You know, they'd come in yeah. and fix your TV and take out a, a valve and put in a new one and, and whatnot yeah. after a bit of diagnosis. And now you have to send your TV to a service centre. Or yeah, which, and essentially what they do is they rip out the, the the board and put a whole new one in. Yeah, typically. Yeah, uh, because but the boards are, are significantly smaller. I know, and, and this and is the thing, though, Brett, as well. I, I think, you know, the cost of this could come down. You know, the, well, should. The cost of this should come down. The motherboard and CPU all in one. Really? Because be I have not seen that. Well, A high-end CPU, the cost of a high-end CPU now is still in these, you know, five $600 range that it was five years ago. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to produce these cheaper. And it's the same as your your, your integrated television sets, for example, where, where there's less modularity. It's cheaper to build. They should be able to do it for cheaper. Really? Because I have not seen cheaper. The smaller it gets, the more expensive it gets. So you're obviously not keen on this. You, you'd prefer to stick with the current model where everything is swappable. I, I'm not keen on it completely replacing it. Right. That's my point. Okay. So you're okay for I, it as I'm an option? I'm perfectly fine with integrated computers. They're, they're, they're used for all kinds of neat things for specific purposes. But to, I, I, I loathe the day when I my personal choice as an enthusiast is taken away from me. Right. Gotcha. Fair enough. Now, Brett, moving on, Ryan Leslie, the rapper. He makes he, – here's the thing. Here's a synopsis. He makes a YouTube video offering $1 million – for the safe return of a stolen laptop and an external hard drive. A German man finds them, Leslie refuses to pay, and a court sides with the German man and orders Leslie to pay. That's, uh, wow. That is really interesting. Now, there's a bit more to that as well, because he's come out, he's since come out, and live in a in a show, in a, at a concert, he, he he did this little spiel and said that, I initially offered twenty thousand, which which he did. I later upped my offer to a million dollars. But he goes on to say that the offer was not for just the return of the hardware. It was the return of the hardware with all his music and his songs and all his data. Now, well, indeed, the, why in the world would you offer a million dollars for a laptop and a hard drive when you could buy a laptop and a hard drive for a couple of thousand dollars? That may have been his intent, absolutely. Now, or, what he, what you know, really $10,000 said, if you've got a top of the line. Now, what he really said, I don't know, because the video's been removed. He said he's deleted the original offer. So unless you know someone who's watched it, and I've tried to find someone, I, I can't, I, I don't know, I, I wasn't able to get hold of someone who's actually seen the original video to, and be able to vouch for what he said. So here's my take. If he said in his original offer for a million dollars that it's just the return of the laptop and the return of the, the the you know the the hard drive, then I agree that he he should be forced to pay, and it is his mistake if because that was the contract that was you give me my hardware, I give you a million dollars. If on the other mm-hmm. hand he did articulate that you know if he said if you return you know the the hardware with all my data on it, then I think it's unfair that he should have to pay just for the return of the hardware. Hmm. Now, interestingly Indeed. also, in the court case for this, according to the Hollywood Reporter, the judge had ruled that Leslie and his team handled the drive in a negligent fashion when it was returned and that the jury should assume that the data was there when the hardware was returned. So that's kind of interesting as well. And I don't know where, where, where all that fits in. What, what's your take on the whole thing? I mean, should he pay, shouldn't he? And in which circumstances should he pay? And in which circumstances should he be let off? Oh, it's hard to say because if it was a, f- you really need to have seen the original YouTube thing, as to see whether or not it was a you know a legitimate uh, a cry for a reward you know for my items and I, I will give this money as a reward for blah, or if it was a heat of the moment. Oh my God, I'd give a million dollars to have that stuff back. Because if it was like oh no, my God, I, I think I'd give it wasn't because I watched that stuff no, back. Okay, I can tell you now. I've watched the. The video where he's offering twenty thousand. I've seen that one. Yeah, and, and that's very clear. He, that he's standing. He's uh, there's this agent or someone next to him, and they're both uh, 
you know, take, they take a, a turn each to, to say, you know, we are offering $20,000. First, they tell you what happened, of course. You know, they were in, in Germany doing, doing a tour and the they believe it was stolen because the next day they, they couldn't be located, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that they go, they're looking directly in the camera and saying, we will get, you know, we will offer. Now, I haven't seen the million dollar offer and that's been removed. And I, I do wonder why that has been remo- removed. Kind of also... Uh, raises my suspicions, let's say. But the $20,000 one is an intentional, that I can tell you f- for a fact, I've seen the video, that is definitely an intentional offer. It's very, very clear. It's mm-hmm. it's not a, a passing comment. It is, we're making this video to tell you that this got stolen and we will offer $20,000 to the person who Kay. who finds it or words to that effect. But really what if counts that is, now, but what counts, Brad, is the, the other video, the million dollar one. Exactly. If the million dollar one was done in the same fashion, then it's a legitimate request. But And depending on the wording, if the wording was for the content, you know, his compositions, the return of my, the return of my laptop and external hard drive with compositions, then it's, it's binding and he should pay if it's to the letter. If it was just give me my laptop and hard drive back and I'll give you a million bucks, then he pays a million bucks if he gets them back. If it's the composition and stuff on his laptop that he wanted the million, would give the million bucks for returning, then if that doesn't come back to him, he doesn't get it. Yeah, because there, he claims that when he got, rule. obviously when he got the, the hardware back, that the drive wouldn't mount, there was nothing there. Exactly. And, and so it really comes if, to, so you're saying the same thing the as I am. It comes down to whether he articulated that it was for the content on the device as well or just exactly. the return of the device. Yeah, and whether or not it was done in that same fashion as a reward thing, or whether or not it was him in a stress or a rant situation, going, "Oh my God, it's not returned yet. It's got all my stuff on. I'd give a million bucks to have that back." Um, that I would not hold as being admissible. Now, if that would now, be a, a spur of the moment thing, and anybody could do that on YouTube, I could I could post a YouTube thing saying, "God, I'd pay a million bucks if somebody'd bring me a donut." Sure. And if somebody uh, turned uh, up and gave me a donut, I would not honour it. <laughs> Look, I, of course not. I'm not. I think we can safely a assume, formal contract. I think we can safely <laughs> assume that the offer was genuine and intended. The question, mm-hmm. really, I, I think, only remains whether it was what it was for, what the scope of the reward was for. Was it? Well, what, I really and, find and what it, it comes hard to. that the judge would have, the judge or the jury would have any disagreement over the fact that he would be offering a million dollars for more than just the return of a laptop and a hard drive that he could buy for a but, tiny and this is fraction the thing, Brett, I think that. he. I'll tell you what I think, and I we know. I, I I'm afraid I can only go on 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 my opinion on this because we haven't got the, the the facts. But what I think is is possibly the case is that he may have said for the return of the hardware, but what he meant was the return of the hardware and my stuff on it. And those are two different yeah, things. Yeah, but I I th- I think even then the the judge and the jury has to have something, you know. They can't have been all there that day if that was the case because nobody in their right mind would offer a reward of a million dollars for a laptop and a hard drive. Laptop and a hard drive, what? The the, the flashiest laptop you can get, maybe 10 grand? A bit more uh, than 10 I hear grand? what, you, I hear what you're saying, drive, but, but, where you draw, but where do you draw the line? You know, the, the, the used car salesman in his contract and he says, oh, no, well, actually what I really meant was, you know, I mean, where do you draw yeah, the but line? but it wasn't an official contract. Well, it was a, it pub- was a, it was a public clip. offer. It was a public offer. It, exactly. It was a public offer. It was not a contract. And there was no written. There was no signed It doesn't have to be signed. A contract there. doesn't have to be signed. A contract can be verbal and it's binding. <sighs> Verbal contracts are the hardest. The only thing is harder to prove. There's no, there's no less binding in law. And so I guess the the, the question is really, what did he ask? But you're, what you're saying is that I, even, I if there's, said, there's even if he said, rationality here that has gone missing. There's no way but, he would uh, offer a million dollars for the return of just the hardware. No what, way. But what if Otherwise, what he, said? he himself would have some kind of, you know some kind of, 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 of mental health issue that might need to be addressed. And that would be an indicator of that. A- and no judge and jury should have 
fined him a million dollars for being mentally unstable at that point in time. Okay. No, that, he, okay he, that he offered a million dollars for the return of, you know, 15 grand's worth of stuff. Okay, let's put that part to one side and let's get your, your opinion on this on, on the bit about what the judge said. So if it was the case that, if it, for whatever reason, we don't know because we weren't at the court case, but if it was the case that there was evidence to suggest that Leslie and his team mishandled the device and, and, and therefore was the reason why the data was no longer reachable, should he still pay? Assuming, assuming the data was on yeah. there, of course. Yeah. If the data was on there and he had made the million-dollar award offer for the return of that data and it is him and his team that mishandled it, that made the data non-retrievable, he still has to pay, yes. If what he had put the reward out for, which was the return of that data, um, and that data was returned to him and he mishandled it before he could get the data off, it's his fault. And he should pay them the reward. Yes, so it really I comes agree. down to, to a lot of information that we don't have. But it's an exactly. inter- isn't it an interesting story? I saw that and I thought, this is if, if very what he wanted was the return of that data and that data was not there when it was returned, then he shouldn't have to pay. Mm. Uh, if it was for the return of the data and the data was there and his mishandling um, caused it to be irretrievable, then he should then he pay. Should pay yeah. If he had... If the reward request was for a million dollars for just the return of the hardware, then the judge and the jury should be taking a step back and thinking, why on earth would anybody ever in their right mind offer a million dollars for the return of $15,000, you know, worth of hardware? Because no one would do that. Because nobody in their right mind would do that. Okay. And th- unless, it's, case, unless it's a it reason, unless it's gold plated, right? Yeah. Or something, you know. Unless gold plated, diamond encrusted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was worth a million dollars or worth more than a million dollars, then sure. He, he, that, it's a perfectly legitimate reward. But a, a million dollar reward for the return of that, that'd be like a, a kid putting a, a YouTube video out because they'd lost their teddy bear going, I'll, I'll give $10,000 reward for a teddy bear that cost 10 bucks the market. Yeah, look, it, I, I think it, I, I hear what you're saying. And, 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 you know, should not be counted as real. I hear exactly what you're saying. And, and I think there are two main things here. One is, what did he say it was for? Although you, we have slightly different views on that. But the second one, and I think we both agree on this, and that is, was the data there when it was returned? Exactly. Yeah. If it was, and that's what he wanted to pay the money for, then he, he should, should pay the money. Yeah, I think we both agree on that one. Okay, Brett, YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, what is the most viewed video on YouTube? I would have to say probably, because uh, it is also the most parody thing on YouTube, uh-huh. Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style, that's the one. Yeah. Sigh. Isn't, he, isn't that awesome? You know what? When it first came out, I thought... Oh, no, here we go again. Another silly meme. But you know what? It's, it's kind of growing on me. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. And he's, you know, he's, he's he was a very popular South Korean pop star already yeah, before he became yeah, super sense, famous. Yeah, a worldwide sensation. That's right. <laughs> Do you know, I've been learning the moves. There's a video that teaches you the moves. Ah, yeah. are they hard to learn? Obviously not, since people have built robots to do it. Yeah, they're, they're not that hard, but you, you got to, there's a lot to remember, <laughs> put it that way. So they're not hard moves, <laughs> but there's um, a lot to remember. That's all. So so you're learning it. Why? Are you, are you teaching it to your kids? You're oh, no, no, but that's a, a good idea. Gangnam style. <laughs> Gangnam style dance-offs <laughs> in, in the house. Yeah, well, you know. Be like, oh, no, the, 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 the TV's out. What will we do? We'll, we'll light the candles and get their torches and we'll do some Gangnam style. Gangnam style, that's right. No, I haven't taught them to my kids, but I could do that. Uh, I, I just thought I was, I was just curious. Like, I, I thought, well, how does it go? I was just curious. I, I'm not really going to be doing this on YouTube or anywhere where anyone can see me. <laughs> uh, are you sure? Are you sure next time we play chess at lunch, you, you won't get up and yeah, after you've okay, won, if, you'll if you a little If you give me a million dollars, if you give me a million dollars, I will do the Gangnam Star Dance in 
the I'd the have restaurant. to be crazy to give you a million dollars to do the Gangnam Style dance, and I'm not crazy, so. All, all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Everyone is a win- who's listening to this is a witness to this. Brett has not offered a million dollars to Edwin for doing the Gangnam Style dance. Indeed. So you, you and if after made you've edited this, it comes out with Brett has offered, <laughs> then you will be in trouble. <laughs> oh, very good. No one will even know, though. That's the beauty of this. I will. And I know where you work. <laughs> and you know where I live, too. All right. Let, look, let's uh, let's move on from Gangnam Style. But isn't it, isn't it cool? I like it. Now, the, here's a, the last it is cool. story. It's hilarious. But, I love the parodies. The parodies are so Well, cool. actually, one of them, which is not a parody, but something related, was, was a, uh, a Gangnam Style dance on the roof of a car parking lot. Have you seen that video? It, it's taken no. from the floor below. The whole concrete floor is buckling. And, and the guy who's video, videoing it is going back upstairs going... Guys, I don't think this is a good idea. This is not a good idea. But we're talking like a hundred or more um, yeah. dancing to this in time. You should check it out on YouTube. It's wow. Yeah. That's a badly built building. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess it's not meant to have like hundreds of people. In, I mean, it's the same as bridges. But you, you know, can't well, when, when, supposed to have cars and stuff. Yeah, on but they don't. No, but they don't well, bounce. This, this is exactly the thing, Brett. They don't all bounce up and down at the same time. I mean, you only need ten people or fifteen people for the same weight as a car. So you know, it, it's like bridges. You know, when the army walks, you know, marches. You know, and then when they get to a bridge, they all march out of time because it's just the sheer. You know, uh, you true. Know, I guess they could have put up what is it? Sympathetic vibrations. Sympathetic vibrations? Yeah, it's the ones that, you know, start to to merge together and form bigger and make the thing fall apart. Well, I yeah, think well, that's what it was called. I watched a Mythbusters episode where they were doing that on a bridge. Basically, if well, one of the things that will do it is, of course, if you get the resonant frequency uh, mm. or close to that, you know, bang, she's gone. Anyway, Brett, the last story is a new version of iTunes. And there's a reason why I've put the story on here because we don't normally announce, oh, you know, Apple's released iTunes 7. Oh, now they've released iTunes 8. Whoop-de-doo. This one is different. This iTunes is completely redesigned. It's a lot faster to load on Windows. At least it was for me when I tried it which I think is a huge achievement. And in fact, it's also quicker on the Mac as well. Not that it was ever a problem on the Mac too much. And it's completely new. It is beautiful. It is nice. It is easy. You can right-click to add things to the, uh, you know, to insert things into the playlist. Uh, well, it's not really a playlist, but it's like you can right-click on something, say, play this next, and it'll play that next, and then it'll go back to whatever playlist it was playing. It's kind of nice. So you don't have to, you know, go into the playlist and go, okay, drag this to the top, just go right-click, play next. There's a lot of new features. I haven't got time to go over the whole thing, but it is mm-hmm. completely redesigned from the ground up. Interesting. Yeah. I thought the most interesting thing was the, the, the features they decided to ditch in their simplification. Yeah, you know what? We should go through those, but, you know, can I say this before we do this? Uh, can we just tell our listeners, you know, there are a bunch of features that have been disabled, but don't just evaluate this this iTunes on, on this basis. Evaluate it on what's new as well, because I think you'll find it, it is completely new and that some, at least, of these disabled features are kind of almost made obsolete by, by some of the new stuff. So should we go through some of these uh, some of these features that are being disabled? Yeah. All right, so I think there were, on, well, Senior published a list of seven. We'll go through that list. Cover flow, right? That's the, the uh, how do you describe that? I mean, you have to know what it is. Oh yeah, it's flipping through albums. Vis- yeah, Basically, it, yeah, it's it's a, an electronic visual representation of flicking through your albums. The album covers, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's gone. Flipping flipping through the CDs. Well, it's gone from iTunes 11. It's still on iPhones and iPods. Oh, is it? Yeah, when you you've still got you've still got CoverFlow on. Oh yeah, yeah, that, those right. devices. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just but gone it, from it's iTunes. It's been removed yeah. from from iTunes 11 and, and has been replaced by what is what it's been replaced with something else some other way uh, of well now there's a there's, well not one feature there's just lots of ways of, different ways of browsing your, your music yeah you can look at artists, it's no longer a, a spreadsheet list it, it's full of little pictures and thumbnails well, and stuff can you still that, get it yeah. can you still get it back to being a a, a quick and easy to look at list or oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you start with having no, no. tons of no 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 this is just one, that's just one option you can have it back you know in, in the old way well close to the old way mm-hmm. 
the uh, the album view that you're talking about is is the um, grid of icons showing the albums uh, album covers, kind of like apps on a on a device. If if you as as a rough approximation, yeah. So that's just one of the views. So the answer is no. It's not the only view. Anyway, cover flow is gone. The D duper where it detects duplicate tunes is gone. That uh, I'm going to miss that. See, I never use that, but I can understand why that would be useful. I'm going to miss it horribly. Every time I've had to import the different music libraries into my iTunes, always duplicates. And it was a good way of making sure that in the the iTunes instance that I'm using, it's they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, that was a useful feature, but it's it's gone. iTunes DJ is another one that's gone. That one is kind of annoying. That was cool. Yeah, that was kind of cool, I, I must admit. So you it could put together these cool. never-ending playlists, and, and people could, uh, I think they could vote, couldn't they? Or they can add Yeah, yeah, stuff. You, you, could, you could vote using your, your iPhone and your iPod. Um, yeah, was, to, that or was request, cool. request to have a song come up when you're at somebody's party and somebody was using iTunes DJ. It was, it was an awesome feature. I don't see why they removed it. It was, it was a really cool feature that made it really useful in party situations. You know, using it for a thing other than as your control for your iPod and your iPhone. Mm. And your links and your, you know, your interface to iTunes store. Yeah. It, it allowed yeah. you to do, you know, use it as your, your party jukebox as well. Not anymore. <laughs> now, well, definitely not anymore with this, with the, the lack of the gapless playback editor. Well, yes, that's right. The gapless playback editor is also gone. Uh, sorry, the gapless playback editor is also gone in iTunes 11. And Brett, that's, can you explain that to us? That's one of the options... Against a, a track, isn't it? Is a per track option, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, a per track option. Um, when you get info options, the very last option in your previous versions of iTunes was part of a gapless album. And what this would do was allow you to override crossfading for the song. Um, you could also do it for uh, a whole heap by selecting, you know, select a whole heap of songs in an album and do the whole same thing. And it would override cross-fading. So there'd be none of that uh, fading in and out of songs. Yeah, so as soon as one ends yeah. and the next one starts without... without exactly. Yeah. So, so that's gone, although what you can do, uh, and it's perhaps a little bit more work, but you, you can... And significantly more work. It, it goes from a tick box to a listen through the song and calculate the fraction of a second where you want it to stop. That's right, because you do have a start time and a stop time indicator, and you can turn those on and say, well, instead of starting at the beginning and ending at the end... I want you to start one or two seconds in because I know that there's one or two seconds of gap. How would you do that for an entire album, though? That's right. You have to, that's what I'm saying, you have to do it yourself. Each and every time. Mm. Now, the other one, number five. I wonder why they did it. Well, I don't know. Laziness. (laughs) Number five on the list is multiple windows. That's gone. That's... That one's quite annoying. Yeah, it, I agree with you. I, what, that, that, you mean the feature that's well, you know, gone or it, the feature that was basically there? basically what they're doing. It, it's all part of their, yeah, and their track of making stuff simple. They've turned what used to be a, a relatively complex piece of software that would allow you to do multiple things in it at once. So you could play something and then be working on, on a, you know, listen to internet radio as well as creating a playlist, keeping the, the, two, sep- the two pieces se- separate uh, with different windows. Now you can't. You pretty much, just like on iOS devices, are stuck with doing one thing in iTunes at a time. No, but I, fa- I found, I thought you meant what was annoying was the feature itself, and I found that so annoying, the multiple Windows thing, because I'd be horribly lost. No. Maybe it was just me. I, I didn't like it at all. I wanted one window. Because <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be able to do one thing only. The thing is, hang on, what's, what's not quite true, though, and I think the article misrepresents this a little bit, it's true you can't have multiple windows, but you can still do things. Like I can play, I can play something and then organize a playlist at the same time in, in, in the current window. You can still do that. It just means you don't have multiple windows in which to do it. But it won't stop playing. 
And the sidebar, the iTunes sidebar is now gone. You know, the one that had genius recommendations and more like this in the store, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's, I won't miss it. Gone. I yeah, turn I'm, it off anyway. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. I don't uh, need all those recommendations. And, and, and number seven. Are you, yeah, I'm going to go back to the uh, multiple windows one. You go yeah, on Because, sure, you can play stuff in iTunes, you know, and it, it shows the indicator at the top playing and you can then be off on something else that you're editing. But when it switches songs, the thing jumps back to the previous view and advances to the next song. Find that constantly annoying. So in one window, if you've got one window, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. If I if I've if I'm in my album view and I double click a song and it starts playing it and it indicates in the top and I then go to a different part of that album view and start mucking around with a, a playlist, when it transitions to the next song, the whole thing jumps back to that previous the the album list and moves to the next song. That gets focus again, or at least it does on mine. That's interesting. Let's see if what you've described happens in iTunes 11. So what should I do? Should I play a song, put it towards the end of the song, and then what, scroll further down my playlist? Yeah, scroll and, further down your album list yep. as if you were dra- you know, dragging, dropping mm-hmm. your songs into one of your other playlists. And, and, and what, what you're saying, what happens when it flicks to the next song, does it re-scroll yeah. the list? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, it takes you all the way back to the, okay. Okay, the, let's the do it. next song it decides to play. Okay, so the two songs I'm going to play are from Kim.com. Uh, one is Mr. President, the other one is Amnesia. So here's Mr. President. I'll play that one now. There we go, it's playing. I'll flick it towards the end. Amnesia from Kim.com is up next. I am now scrolling way down the bottom of my list. I can't see those two songs. I'm selecting some songs in there as if I'm going to drag them somewhere. I don't really need to drag them anywhere, they do, I break. I can just not be sifting around. Okay. Here we go. I'm clicking on random tracks and looking at them and... Ah, yeah, it's flicked up. So there's Amnesia started, you've heard it. It's scrolled right to the top of the list and started playing Amnesia, so I've lost my place. Nothing to fear, nothing to hide. Let me pause that, there we go. So yeah, it still does it in iTunes 11. But does multiple windows fix that? I don't think that fixes that, though, does it? Hmm? Well, no, it means because you can have multiple windows, you can have one window which is just playing the song, and then the next window is your... Playlists and playlists and the album list that you're dragging from. Oh, I see. Okay. Otherwise, you can't have your, you know, you can't just randomly play something. Otherwise, you'd, you know, have to set the music that you wanted to play currently into its own playlist, play it from that, and then go back to your music library. You couldn't just okay, randomly well, okay, start. He- or if you were, for instance, you know, kind of like me, I, I every now and then just like to stroll through my music library and just listen to some tracks and so I'll play a track and then scroll through scroll through until I find another track I want to play and I'm like oh I want to listen to that one next and I have to just before the other song finishes play that song yeah so now what you can do is you can right click that track as you find it and click play next and that will put it next but what you but it still is the case, though, that if you don't click it before the end of the song, then yeah, you'll lose your place in the list because it re-scrolls. Mm, mm. It's kind of annoying. All right, so number seven, we'll, we'll get there. The last one on the list from CNET that's, uh, the uh, you know, features that have gone in iTunes 11 is the quick volume control and song progress in the mini player. Now, the mini player is when you collapse it down to a, a tiny little sort of bar, you know, Kind of hard to describe instead of a full window. And yeah, the right, you know, you don't have the slider right away there, but it's an extra, it's an extra click to get those things and you do have them. It's just, to get volume control. Yeah. But is the actual progress bar still there? No, no, CNET, it's not. They said that the progress bar is gone. Yep. Does it give you a timer or a countdown or any way to know when the song's about to finish? All right, let's play this song again, Amnesia. No, it gives you nothing. Nothing to fear, nothing to hide. Mr. It's kind of annoying. Can't, can't remember. Yeah, you're right, because it doesn't show you where it is in the song. And I'm trying to drag. You can make the, the um, mini player slightly bigger and slightly smaller. I've made it as big as it will get, and it still doesn't show you where it is in the song. Yeah. Mm. I kind of like the previous one. If the previous one had shown the album art as well, 
then that'd be cool. It is at least some sort of indicator to show you how close you are to the end. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, they should have a progress it's, bar. It's nice to know. Yep. And having to do extra clicks to get your volume and your controls is kind of annoying as well. Instead yeah, I, I agree. Up. I agree with that one. That, uh, certainly for the progress bar, you know, maybe especially for the mini player. The mini player is meant to be like your key stuff right there. And they've instead hidden pretty much everything except the name and the album art. And you have to go through extra clicks to actually get those, the tools. So what you can do, and and this is what I said, let's not judge, let's not judge iTunes on what's been removed. Uh, but because what what is there that we haven't mentioned is that in in the new mini player, you can actually search for stuff in line in the little, um, thing. So you can search for, if I put Kim.com, there you go. It, it finds a bit like Spotlight. It, it produces a sort mm-hmm. of drop-down list, and you can click on one and, or, and, or right-click and go play next. And you couldn't do that now, previously. You had to it, come out of the mini player. Does to it do just that. show you the stuff in your album, or does it go off onto iTunes as well? No, it's just what you've got. Doesn't go oh, off iTunes. <laughs> so it's not searching iTunes at all. It's just searching what have you got, and you can good, pick good. and choose from there. And, and be, without having to go to the full player, which is kind of nice. Annoying. Yeah, that would if be. If every time you searched for your next song, it went off and wasted your bandwidth. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. That would be bad. All right. Anyway, Brett, look, that is it. That is episode 194. And, you know, I, I think it's well worth getting iTunes 11. I th- I, I know, I've said this twice already. I'll say it a third time. I know there's a bunch of stuff missing that, that they've, well, you know, stuff they've taken out. We've covered those things. But there's a lot of things that are new or done differently or made easier that we haven't covered because we just haven't had the time. There's just so much more of that. And I think really it, it, to do it justice, you really need to try it yourself. So my recommendation is give iTunes 11 a try. Personally, I think you'll like it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the show. How's that, Brad? But if you don't like it, well, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Because you've upgraded. Well, you, you can do it in a VM. Do it in a virtual <laughs> box if you really want. Anyway, Brett, that is it. Thank you very yes, much. You want to test it first. <laughs> keep your current installation of iTunes. Yeah, that's right. All right, that's it. All right, Brett, thank you very much for co-hosting. It's been a great show. Always a pleasure, Ed. Excellent. We'll do it again next Randomly week. We talk about stuff we know nothing about. It's always good. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of the stuff we don't know the facts. So we, we make it up as we go we along. We do, and that's what makes that's the helpful. show so much more interesting. And then Indeed. we get all this feedback from our listeners, which is which is lovely. We do appreciate it. So keep that feedback coming in. In the meantime, take care. See you again next week. Goodbye. Bye bye.